Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. How do you feel about the changing value system of our culture? You may not think that this is an essential question, but it is. It's crucial because as followers of Jesus, we must be able to intelligently discuss the hot-button issues of the day in light of the gospel while being careful not to lose the gospel in our hearts. We must be careful to respect that God created people in His own image while not compromising God's Word ourselves. You may wonder, how is it possible? To learn more, here's Pastor Jim in Daniel chapter 11 with part two of his message, Living Faithfully in the Midst of Chaos. Dividing the culture begins to happen between the true people of God and the false people of God. Those who will compromise and those who will not. I don't know about you, but if there was such a publication as called Church Weekly, we're reading it right now. It would be just like this. The same thing is going on. Verse 31, and the forces shall be mustered by him and they shall defile the sanctuary Fortress, some of your versions say, profane the temple. Then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. For you New Testament readers, you might be like, I've heard that somewhere before. So verse 30, we read that he did damage. In addition to his murderous actions physically against people, Antiochus Epiphany tears down the city walls. Now, for any city in the ancient world, the city walls were their protection, were their defense. But for the Jews, who was their defense? The Lord, their God. For you, Christian, who is your defense? Remember we said last week that a lot of times when the Bible says, do not fear, we can say to ourselves, you are safe. The Lord is our defense. And so, Antiochus Epiphanes and the crooked high priest, his name is Menelaus, I call him Menelausi, but Menelaus, plus the troops that he leaves behind when he leaves, could be mercenary killers, they set up shop in the temple. And what do they do? They start passing laws. Laws like this. The daily sacrifices against the law. Circumcision of the young boys against the law. Worshiping God against the law. Sabbath observance against the law. Even possessing a copy of the word of God. Even having that app on your phone. You're like, Pastor Jim, they didn't have apps. I know. Even having that app on your phone against the law. And some of these things The penalty was not just jail. Some of them, it was the death penalty. That's what you would receive if you disobeyed these laws. After that, in the temple, God's temple, they build a temple, an altar on top of the altar to to symbolize that God is no longer in the house. God is no longer ruling the place. This This is the second temple. They build an altar to Zeus, and on that altar, they start sacrificing pigs. A total insult to the Jews. 
a total insult to God. And this is called, both by the prophecy in Daniel and by Jesus, the abomination of desolation. Now, what is this? If you were here last week, we talked about in chapter 10 that there is an unseen demonic realm that is at work among the government. Now, I don't want to be Mr. Conspiracy Theory, but the word of God was very, very plain that there is conspiracy, that there is demonic activity among certain governments. So the unseen demonic realm is doing what now to the Jews in and around Jerusalem using government and culture to take them down. The goal is simple and clear to see everyone apostatize. If you don't know what that means, we did a nine-week series on how many Christians right now in the United States of America, in the conditions we are in right now, are apostatizing. What does that mean? A lot of them are compromising. Let me ask you this question. You don't need to answer it right now. When you are compromising, how much influence do you have over other people for your faith? I'll answer it for you, next to none. Next to none. When you're at a party going, let me tell you about Jesus. Save it. Save it. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> you have, have no... Some of you are like, oh, I got to stop doing that. <laughs> you, have, you have no influence. But even more so, as you compromise, you are what? Drifting. Hebrews says, be careful lest we drift away. And as you drift, eventually you are leaving the faith. So be very, very careful. Basically, this is a call to paganism. And you could make an extremely strong case that this is happening to Christianity in our country right now. There used to be kind of three sets of Christians. Sort of went like this. They're the sort of like totally fake Christians. You know who they are, right? You know what? Christians who are totally fake and not believers actually like this church. They really do. Because they're like, that guy gets up there and he is pulling no punches. He's just telling it like it is. I, I like that. You know what? They go to these other places and they're like, this guy, this is as phony as a $3 bill, man. This is not the way life is at all. And then there's the hardcore Christians, the Bible people. They love it too. They love our church. They're like, it's Bible, Bible, Bible. We love it. But then in the middle is the largest group called the mushy middle. They hate it here. They're like, we don't want this guy telling us we're sinners. We're, we're really good people. Okay, you're a sinner. Sorry. What am I going to tell you? Right? But what we're finding now is more of the people who we thought were hardcore are actually mush, mushy middle. And so a lot of churches are finding that a lot of people are just walking away from the faith. If that's you, and that you're here today, and you've been falling away, and you're just, you want to come back, man, I am so glad you're here. I am so glad you're here. And I hope God is, I hope I've seen like mellow compared to how much God is really going at you. If you're watching online, I hope that's the case. 
I hope God is just like, come on back, come on back, come on back. God will not turn you away. Sadly, many in Israel caved as many are today. And we need to keep our eyes open that it's happening right before our eyes. But it's not just people leaving the church. It's also seen in people who know their church is wrong, yet they stay there. They're like, well, you know, it's where all my friends go to church. Well, go to the diner with them, dude. I mean, come on. I mean, really? So many people know that their church is following the culture, is shaving the truth, and yet they stay. I think it's also seen in our inability to biblically discuss the hot button issues of our day. I hear stories of people that are like, well, I used to be friends with so-and-so, but, you know, we're both Christians, but, you know, we voted for different people for president, so we don't get together anymore. Oh, how mature. Really? You know what? I don't think you're really the Christian you think that you are. We have to be able to talk about the hot button issues of our day, even if we disagree, because we are bound together by what? The gospel of Jesus Christ. And you may disagree with people that you, that you meet in this world. I had a couple years ago, somebody said to me, oh, you're a pastor, huh? I said, well, yeah, sorry. Um, I usually don't tell people I'm a pastor. I just like to talk to them because then they get all weird when you're a pastor. And so, so then they said to me, um, why do you hate gay people? And I said, I will answer that question for you if you will answer one question for me. And they said, sure, go ahead. I said, what gives you the right to lie about me? I said, what do you mean? I said, I don't hate gay people, but you just lied about me. You see, but as Christians, we need to be able to talk biblically about these types of issues to, to, to really shine as examples for the rest of the culture that we can actually talk about this stuff. Every single person, I may not agree with what people do or what people say, but every single person is created in the image of God and I will honor that in every single person. And we need to remember that if we wanna have any kind of influence on people. These things, when we can't do these things, they are signs to us that we have lost the gospel. So I'm just gonna quickly remind us what is the most important thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses one through four, the apostle Paul writes this, after Jesus has died on the cross, rose from the dead and ascended to heaven. Moreover, brethren, means he's writing to Christians. I declare to you the gospel or the good news. It would be the announcement, which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand by which you are saved. So you have no standing before God if you don't believe what you're about to hear. Zero. Stop with this, I'm a good person, baloney. The comparison is to God, not to, not to Hitler. I don't know why he's always the standard. Like, who's not better than him? Antiochus Epiphanes, maybe, right? 
So you have to believe this. That's how we stand. It's how we're saved. If there's a condition on it, you hold fast that word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. So is it possible that people who have left following Jesus actually believed in vain? I'm not saying they lost their salvation, but maybe they believed something here, but it was never really here. If it's you, I'm begging you to come back. I'm begging you to come back because you will regret it for all eternity if you don't. If you hold fast that which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, verse three, for I delivered to you, first of all, some versions say of first importance. Another version says the most important thing, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. If you want to go to heaven, you need to believe that. You need to know that Jesus Christ died for your sins and he defeated sin and death on the cross and he rose from the dead. And that we live that out. We live out of that belief and mature followers of Jesus are able to talk about virtually anything on this face of the earth because Everything comes out of that one thing. Now, some things are not simple. The Bible teaches, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're a citizen of heaven, but you also must be a good citizen on earth. That's not always that easy, is it? I've seen some of you drive. I'm like, oh, there goes so-and-so late for church. (laughs) But please understand this. These divisions that exist in between us in Christianity over things that are important, but they're not the most important thing. This is what the unseen forces want. They want a civil war between us. There's just certain things we're going to have to admit the church got wrong. Don't feel bad about that. You you don't have to defend Jesus. You don't have to defend the Bible. When people say certain things were wrong that that certain people did in history, you just go, you know what? You're right. It was wrong. That was wrong. And so so we want to make sure that, that we are not falling into the trap that is being set for us by these unseen spiritual forces of darkness. Verse 32, I'm going to read it twice. Those who do wickedly, Against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Let's go slowly. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, that would be what? That would be the apostate Jews. They they believed, but now they're not. They don't anymore. They once follow God, but they gave into the pressure of the culture. He shall corrupt with flattery. So Antiochus Epiphanes will use flattery to get unstable church people to agree and support his policies and leave the worship of God. Leave the worship of God. Now, 
I wanna stop for one second. You're watching online. You've got health issues. You're afraid of, of, of being in a crowd of people. You, your doctors told you maybe you need to stay home for a season. I'm not talking about you. So please don't think I'm talking about you. Or you live in, in an area where every time you go to church, you feel like you came out and you just ate like six things of cotton candy. You've been trying to find a church in your area. Write to me. I'll find you one. You may have to drive. I'll give you gas money. I don't care. But, but you're, you're having trouble with that. I get that. Some people are watching from other countries. They're on total lockdown. They can't get out of their house. There's no gospel witness. Maybe it's illegal in their country. I, I'm not talking about you. Please don't think that I am. And so he says, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But, but, contrast, the people who know their God shall give up. Is that what it says in your Bible? I didn't find one version that said that. And I'm, I'm, I'm 10 to 30 versions some Sundays. No, he says, but the people who know their God, actually know him, shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Now, the problem is we're Americans. Do you know a great exploit is actually telling somebody who doesn't know Jesus about Jesus? That's a great exploit. Some versions say they will take action. In other words, what are they going to do? They are going to resist the idolatry and compromise of the culture. That's what they're going to do. They're going to resist it. Now, in the church, like we see here, there'll always be people with divided loyalties. There will always be people, they got one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. It doesn't work, does it? James calls them double-minded men and women. They are unstable in all their ways. Here's the thing. Please don't ever think it couldn't be you. Pastor Jim, don't ever think it couldn't be you. Don't think that you and I couldn't end up in that place. Any one of us could, a few bad things. Could any one of us could end up in that place, just some heartache or some, or some great difficulty. What's going on today? There are tremendous cultural pressures. There's all kinds of weird political stuff that's going on. Right now we're dealing with inflation. Some of you are like, by, by the 20th of the month, you're like, there's just, just a lot of month left and there's no money left. Some of us are just so busy. I mean, gosh, you've got kids in school, man. If you don't have a good plan for your life, they got one for you. Some of us are just selfish. Some of us have what the Bible calls selfish ambition. As soon as you get passed over for something, maybe that you're, God didn't think you were ready for it, you're just, that's it. You're done. You don't want any part of God anymore. Maybe it's comfort. You just think life should be easy. If we went around the room, we could go on and on and on for hours about the things that divide our loyalties between our loyalty to ourselves, our loyalty to something else, and our loyalty to God. You see, 
I believe with all of my heart that the biggest threat to Israel at this time is not Antiochus Epiphanes, as wicked as he is. It is this group of godless people, this elite group of rich people in their culture, this ungodliness, because empires can only last so long, but this ungodliness can go on for generations. And now I'm not talking about us. Now I'm talking about our kids. And I'm talking about our kids' kids and our great-great-great-grandkids. That's what I'm talking about. And you may never know them, but don't you want to know them? Don't you want to meet some kid in heaven and they walk up to you and say, you are my great-great-great-grandpa. Don't you all long for a day like that? Or do you want to take the easy way out and just go with the flow of culture? And let them steal our children. And let them steal our grandchildren. And let them steal our great-grandchildren. And then they'll just die out. But it'll be too late. It'll be too late for some of them. And the second half of this verse shows us that it is possible to resist. How? How can we resist what's going on in our world right now? And it tells us, you must be one of the people who know their God. Such people will resist any effort to snuff out biblical faith in their lives. They are true and faithful believers. Back then, it basically came down to one family It basically came down to one man who rallied his boys and they were called the Maccabees. In fact, the father who initially rallied his boys wasn't even the one who carried it out. It was one of his sons. They opposed the Jewish compromisers as well as Antiochus Epiphanes and his successors as they were the people of God who were waiting for the Messiah to come. I wonder... I wonder if one day they were sitting in their house and dad was reading the Bible to his sons and they were reading this prophecy knowing that God is sovereign, knowing that the word of God is true. And he looked at his boys and said, why couldn't this be us? Why couldn't we be the people who turned the tide here? Why couldn't we change this? And what stops you from being the person who could change the tide in the lives of some other people? You know what stops you? You. You know what stops us as a church? Us. Can't we be the people who rise up in such a difficult time, who like Esther were called for such a time as this? How often God accomplished so much through the most unlikely people. I mean, you read, you read in the Bible and you're like, this guy, man, he does all this stuff. How could God use him? That way people wouldn't go, well, of course it was him. He was so smart. Look at him. No, they, people would be like, well, that has to be God. It couldn't have been him. I mean, seriously, Moses. Guy's like the greatest leader ever. I mean, he kills an Egyptian going around with a staff, hitting rocks, praying, God, open up a hole and kill everybody. Like, wouldn't you love to be able to do that sometime? 
And seriously, David? I mean, he's on the, he's, you know, guys are off in war, guys fighting on the front battle, and he steals his wife? Are you kidding me? The apostle Paul's out arresting and killing Christians, and God takes these guys and, and, he, and he turns them around. What, what, great example, modern day. The Jesus movement in the 60s. Bunch of hippies. Smoking weed, dropping acid. A couple old guys come along and tell them about Jesus. They're like, really? Wow, this is awesome. That's so they just start telling everybody else. Next thing they know, they don't know what to do with all of them. What's stopping you? What's stopping us? Now, you got to realize, we have to understand this. That will produce a polarization between, if there's even such a thing, status quo Christians or nominal Christians, or marginal Christians, and the people who know their God. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.